going to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Now, when your head feels cloudy, mm. when the body feels tired, when the world doesn't seem to make sense, use your heart and not your eyes. The eyes will lie, the eyes will mislead. Grown and sexy episode of the Joey Clark Radio Hour this evening, folks. Coming in with some SWV. What does that stand for, Brandon? God's Gift Ross? Sisters with Voices. Sisters with Voices. The song is Use Your Heart and Not Your Eyes. And they've got a point here. Because I think, Brandon, there are a lot of Americans in their personal lives and in their public lives. They're not using that heart. They're using their eyes. They're letting that lust take over their decision-making process, and it's not good. Of course not, but we had a conversation about this off-air. It's a new New York senator that just got elected. Not the senator, and I'm going to get to her in a moment. Okay. But, you know, before we jump into the public sector, the public sphere, and talk about... Not necessarily a new senator, but uh, his, the senators are usually all old still yeah. and ugly. <laughs> uh, just a fact. I mean, I guess Kamala Harris is pretty attractive. But anyway, I, I, I digress. A new uh, ranking of top websites in the United States came out. Oh, what type of websites? This is what I mean by people giving in to lust. Number six, seven, and eight. Porn websites. Does that surprise you? No, it does not. After we talked about the sex robots. Right. Now people are, you know, creating essentially like non human things for their own pleasure, these robots. I mean, people barely even, you know, communicating. They're using their eyes and not their heart. They're using their eyes and not their heart. But you know, when but the you, heart is what brings the meaning. Yeah, but at the same time, most most people don't handle rejection well. That's true, but that's half the battle. No, I don't like rejection. I don't. I don't. I'm shy. But but most people. I'm, fi- I'm, I'm, most I'm, people figure by you doing this, Joseph, that I'm you're a brittle very, spirit. That you're very lethario with most women. Oh, good lord! Give me a break. That you're like uh, the the little. Cat. I have to be coaxed out of my hermit hole. Mm. I don't easily. I get bored quickly. I, I do. I, I see my little '90s rom com guy. Well, and here's my point, Brandon. <laughs> is uh, I think the country is obsessed with sex in the wrong way. Mm. Explain that to me. Because it's always it's under the the hood. It's behind the curtain. But it's always on people's minds to the point of the porn industry is a multi-billion-dollar industry now. But that's the, some but, of the most popular stuff. Yeah, but you but you got to figure that's not all. the The sites may exist here in America, but they service people across the world. Oh, though. they do. But this ranking was just the U.S. like oh. U.S. IPs, and oh. some of that I'm sure gets mixed up with masking technology. Oh. But the the point is that that's going. For instance, another reason of Americans are obsessed with sex, and not in a good way. Like, don't use your eyes; use your heart. The sisters have a point. 
Yeah. But here, here's this headline I just told you off air. Kristen Cinema mm-hmm. makes history. This is NBC News, folks. NBC. As Adam Sandler called them, nothing but... Oh, wait, I can't say that. <laughs> NBC News. Kristen Cinema makes history as first bisexual member of U.S. Senate. Okay, what... Yeah, well, I'm, my good friend Sean Malone has some commentary, some instant, a hot take on this. He says, number one, almost certainly false. <laughs> I think he's right. I'm pretty sure uh, we've had other bisexual members in the U.S. Senate. Maybe not openly. Exactly. They, they didn't just get up there at the yeah. podium and broadcast that. But come on, man. This boys club goes back a ways. Long All ways. these married men. It's been a long night. Anyway, <laughs> number two, who cares? Says my good friend Sean. And, and me. Can we talk about actual ideas? Yeah, I think so. But you know what? Kristen Cinema winning in Arizona played into my larger theory these days. Ooh. That if the race is too close to call. Because there could be other reasons. That somebody, for all the time they spent, maybe their policies are actually good. Or maybe they you, you identify with them culturally. No, no, no. Or you share their values. Now, no, wait a minute. Here's my question. You said Kristen is a senator where in Arizona? Arizona. She's newly she, elected. So she's not a former member of the Bunny Ranch, is she? No. No, that's Nevada. Oh, that's Nevada. Okay. And actually, the guy who ran that branch, he was elected post-death. He died in the middle of the campaign. This just happened a week ago. He died in the middle of the campaign. His name was still on the ballot. Dennis Hoff. He won. Oh, wow. An assembly or some... He won a legislative seat in Nevada. So how does that even work? I mean, he's dead. They're going to have to fill the seat in some other way. He is dead. But, uh, no. And and who's running this house? That's actually an open-ended question, because now that he's dead, there are some prohibitionists and activists trying to shut them down. Other people are trying to make sure that legacy lives on. Whatever you think of sex work and prostitution, he did improve the quality of life for a lot of those women. Well, well, uh, at, the, at the same time, you have to look at the fact that it's the oldest profession for a reason. It is. But Kristen Cinema proves my point. And that lately. is? If it's too close to call... Whoever has more sex appeal will win. Why am I saying this? Because Americans, Americans are obsessed with sex and not in a good way. They don't express it. They don't talk about it openly. It's always, what is it? I just saw the new Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh, yeah. And it's fantastic for nobody who's seen the new Bohemian Rhapsody flick. It's really about the life of Freddie Mercury, but the band as a whole. Queen, yeah. Yeah, there's one scene where they released the video. To I want to be free, now I want to break free. Excuse me, and I believe the bassist wrote it, and it's all the other band members' idea to do the video where all the band members are dressed up in drag, but now everybody's thinking it's Freddie Mercury's fault because he was a little too convincing in his drag or whatever. Mm. People assumed it was Freddie's idea, and I think there's some line about like Americans are. Puritans in public and perverts in private. Which is true. I think it is true. And actually, actually, one of my favorite uh, quotes from that movie, uh, Freddie Mercury was in the studio and he was uh, playing Bohemian Rhapsody. And he was like, wait a minute, this song is 15 minutes long. No one's going to sit through that. That's an eternity. He was like, Oh, if, if if you think 15 minutes is an eternity, I would hate to meet your wife. <laughs> and then he just walked away. I was yeah. like, I was like, that was oh. a drop. That was a drop the mic moment. Right. OK. Yeah. So I'm, we're getting more here on Kristen Cinema, And this just plays into it. Uh-huh. First open bisexual and person listed. She's ris- she's listed as religiously unaffiliated. No, I don't. I wouldn't vote for her if she was running in Arizona or Alabama. It's not because she's bisexual or religiously unaffiliated. But, but, think, but think about people here. I don't Religiously like unaffiliated? Oh, that's a problem. Oh, what, is the, oh, what does that's that a, mean? That's a problem. Is she a communist? Oh, my God. No, but that, and, you know, the people of Alabama wouldn't vote for that. Oh, of course not. They wouldn't. Well, well I mean, we're in but a place these things are not that important to me. I care about policy. On issues that actually affect most people. I'm not playing the identity card. And my point is, there are too many people that are hooked on this identity card. And they will not admit 
that they vote for people they find attractive. Now, I'm not talking about you're attracted to their values, that you're attracted to they've been a good public servant for all these years. Say like Kay Ivey, the governor of this state. Mm-hmm. Powerful female governor, reelected. She has in many ways put the House back in order, her and her team, after Robert Bentley and his sexual you know, proclivities and his dalliances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I'm sure you heard all about that. Of course. Yes. So... Kay Ivey's done a wonderful job, and she was reelected, I think, because most of the people who vote in Alabama are like, yeah, we like what she stands for generally. She's put in the time to build up this reputation as a good public servant. She shares Alabama values. But they tried to tear down our history, and I said no. Yeah, and, you know, I, that's what the people of Alabama go with. Fair enough. Fine by me, I suppose. I, I'm not going to try to scream the But the thing the is, wind. when you get someone who's like, how old is Kay Ivey? I'm not sure. I would imagine in her 70s. Okay. If you got a woman in her late 40s mm-hmm. that was pretty good looking mm-hmm. and could, could give a halfway decent speech, that would be that would be a race. Mm. It would automatically be a race. Because like you said, you know, some people Americans are Americans are obsessed with attractive people. And it's not just women. Oh no! Think it's, about all the. I, we went through this. Yeah. You at first looked at me, in, in a, like Joey, you're making an odd point when I said that it applied to presidents. But let's go through this real quick. Okay. Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. We're not talking policy. Who is actually more of an uh, attractive, physically attractive person? They're both pretty bad. But the shameful part is, she's slightly worse. Yes, she is. Donald no, Trump is no, more but attractive. You, but you know what's sad though. I looked at an old picture of Hillary Clinton, like in college. Mm-hmm. She was hot. No, oh, you I'm found sorry, her attractive. She, she got the nerd thing going. Yeah, but we're not talking about her in college. Talking about circa 2016, Donald Trump had more of that sort of appeal going on. I guess. All right, guess. let's go back to Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. Oh, oh that's Romney! Not if you're a- just looking at a photo, Romney might have that classic leading man look, but he's so robotic and frigid. When he goes up there to speak? No, I admit Romney. Mitt Romney. That's yes, I admit Romney. I think like, 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 he, like, like he took speech classes from Bob no. Dole. Obama was that smooth operator. And then Obama John McCain. There's well, no contest. Well, well I mean, you, you gotta look at Obama because they did things on the campaign trail strategically. Mm-hmm. To play up the fact that Barack was younger. Oh, sure. You know, he would run to the podium, yeah. even though the podium's less than three feet away. You know, right. he has to give that little jog. And this, and- you're, you're playing right into my point, is that there are a lot of emotional triggers that these politicians are trying to play on. That political strategists and marketing gurus will try to push at certain buttons that are not conscious. It's not about making the best logical argument to the people. It is about getting you to like them to win a popularity contest. And it brings me... We, okay, so George W. Bush, Al Gore, it's kind of a toss-up. But Bill Clinton against Bob Dole, oh, Bill that, Clinton against George H.W. Bush, Bill oh, Clinton all day, every day. Oh, Even course. with Ross Perot playing the spoiler as a third party. Reagan, clearly, he's a former leading Hollywood man. Gerald Ford is what a star athlete, a model of sorts, and, and he's from the the home state of Michigan. And it all goes back to JFK. Oh yeah, him and his brother. Oh. And you can even go back to the founding of the republic. George Washington. What is it? He might not have been a, a real looker. He might have had fake teeth. They might have you know all this stuff. And well, some pretty awful stories back to the founding. But we can't. I don't think we can judge those folks by today's standards. My point is the tallest man in the room. Back then, usually with lead, still applies to this day. We're not as brilliant as we like to think we are. We're just not. Well, it's still, it's still at the end of the day, survival of the fittest. Yes. We, we buy into these things. So this brings me to my question that I was asking you off air. Okay. There is a young woman mm-hmm. named Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Sounds very sexy. Mm-hmm. By Catherine Zeta Jones. The name is sexy. First time I heard it, I was like, ooh. ooh Alexandria Casia Cortez. Just imagine a rose and mm-hmm. some no. good music playing in the background. Now she's young. What is the term these days? Latinx? Ooh. Yeah. That's general neutral, you know. Yeah. Uh, she 
is a democratic socialist. Okay. She she keeps making news. Like the media is obsessed with her. And I'm trying to I wonder, wonder why. Well, because I'm I'm thinking about all the qualities she possesses. Hmm. Like she she won a campaign. Mm-hmm. Like as a, she won a campaign. You know, that was completely unexpected. It was like a grassroots effort. Well, that's happened before. Like Dave Bratt beat Eric Cantor. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's you know, you get a populist appeal. Um, okay, uh, she is willing to protest with the everyday person. That's happened all the time. She's a democratic socialist. So is Bernie Sanders. There are, there's a whole progressive socialist caucus within the Democratic Party in the now, Congress. Now, here, here's the difference. Does Bernie Sanders look good in a skirt? Well, I've never seen Bernie in a skirt, so I should <laughs> withhold judgment. <laughs> well, actually, I, uh, Brandon, you know, gender is more fluid these days. And we have to take on the rich. And uh, the rich fat cat bankers. But if you are suggesting that I should wear a skirt to get elected in this current climate, I'm willing to take that chance. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the Me Too climate, it, it's going to get like that too. But if you really think about it, why is the media so obsessed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? It's not necessarily her ideas. Of course not. Because those ideas have been expressed by people like Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. and others to us more or less degree by Democrats for the last, ever since Barack Obama got elected. It moved in a more progressive way uh, in terms of how the, the yeah, Democratic but, but Party you, was defined, but, but away you, from the Clintons. Yeah, yeah, but you have to look at it like I can give you two, two different chocolate cakes. Mm-hmm. One looks like crap, mm-hmm. but it tastes good. Mm-hmm. But one is neat. Right. It's put together right, and it? Right. It's got the frosting put on there just right. Well, but it, ta- it's, it, it essentially tastes the same. Right. But for some reason, if you put it in front of most people, most people will go to the cake that's not messy looking. Right. It's all about the packaging. Well, and that gets me back to my point, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, why is the media so obsessed with her? It's because, number one, I think it's two things. She is an attractive woman. Number one. I think it's also because she's my age. She's a year older, I think. She's 30. She's essentially... No, she's younger than me. She was born in 89. No, she's like younger. Whoa! That never happens. So I think she represents to people on the left some hope that the young generation is getting a voice. I think she represents a lot to people in the center and on the right of, oh, look at this millennial generation. We're doomed. And I think everybody... Whether they're saying it or not, whether you're an uber third, fourth wave feminist, come, and come, come on, come on, you are back in the hashtag Me Too movement, and all the different things going on in the current zeitgeist, or you're some hardcore Trump loving conservative. Tell the truth. You are actually obsessed with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez because she's young and she's hot. Thank you. And this is where <sighs> I don't get it. Why do we keep falling for this crap? She's all she is is a lowly congressman. Now, why no, no, would you uh, give her so much media attention? Oh, for instance, oh, oh, oh wait a minute, kind of like a senator from uh, Alaska or Arizona, yeah, or uh, what senator from Alaska? Sarah Palin. Who, she was a governor. Oh, I'm sorry, governor who, who came this close yeah. to being our vice president. Yeah, yeah. Which. After you know, it's amazing how she didn't stay in politics. Really, is. now, 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 this is my thing. Have they never let her do a speech and just kept her mouth shut? No, no, they, they. She spoke all the time. She went on her own. Well, that was that was the problem. Yeah, had she just shut up? I think Sarah they Palin. Won, they could have won that. I think no. I think Sarah Palin got a raw deal. How do you figure that? I think she really got a raw. If deal. you look at her family, I don't think she was not- ready for prime time. No. And yeah. no, and I was listening to a podcast about this earlier today. Whether you're in politics or you're in, you know, movies or music or whatever, when you're dealing with most of the media, their game they play is act all nice to your face and like we're going to do a good interview and then they're going to get you. They want controversy. Of course. Of course. But why would you put someone like her who's so unprepared? Right. And they made the point of saying that, like... Actually, and I don't think it was Sarah Palin. I think Sarah Palin, may, it looked like John McCain was going to win that thing in 08 after he picked Palin. I thought in many ways it was a brilliant pick, because what was the knock against him? He's an old white guy. 
So so let's get the young, uh, well, younger, attractive-looking yeah. woman. woman. Who has been a kind of a reform governor in a conservative state. And an it's hardly ever been represented on the top of a national ticket. And at that convention, she was this rock star. McCain goes up in the polls. He's beating Obama. What lost that campaign for McCain wasn't Palin. It was, well, the economy fell out. And John McCain is sitting there saying, the fundamentals of the economy are strong. And he has no clue what to do. Well, I Whereas mean, at least Barack Obama pretended like he knew what to do. Well, well, like like I said, he didn't come into a crystal stair type of type of job. You know, second day on the job, you have the auto industry failing, the housing market just failed. Oh, and we need you to kill this terrorist. Go. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> um, oh no, I don't think anybody, anybody for the most part, is prepared to be president. Of course not. not. They're not. Uh, especially, and, especially during a crisis. Well, and, and it comes back to my theme this evening. We are, we like to think we're all up here, all upstairs. We're all, and, and really in many ways, this is the conceit of the West. In some ways it served us well. In some ways it hasn't. It's a, it's a cost-benefit thing. But we are very much like to think we're all eyes and mind. That's all we are as human beings. What we see and what we think. We're just what we think and what we see. And that's not what we are. We're much more complicated than that. We are the heart. We're also like all sorts of impulses that we have. And it gets played on all day, every day in the political arena. Not, and so... Not just there, but... Of all arena. sorts of other places, too, certainly. Yeah. Politics just takes whatever it can and uses it to you know win power. But I think the media needs to stop being so obsessed with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. If you are from her district, if you are in New York, fine. She's the one who represents you. But I, I, I don't see the grand appeal beyond she's a hot young woman who has a brilliant way of handling what, social media and advancing her cause. What, what, wait a minute. Mentioning that, did you also hear that uh, the great Monica Lewinsky broke her silence today. Really? Yeah. And she's aged well. I'll say that. Good for she, she's she's dead. still wearing the beret? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> she definitely aged well and she's more open now to talking about what happened. And Oh, did you see that Hillary claimed that Bill didn't exploit her because they're both adults? Sure. Right. Right. Right, the most powerful man in the world. In the United States. In, in the world. Yeah, basically. And, you know, he comes on to you. Yeah, the, and it's a, it's an intern. Now, at the end of the day, she was an adult. Fair enough. She could have said no. But there's any other setting, you know that Hillary Clinton would be talking about these powerful men taking advantage of young women. But when it's her husband... He wasn't taking advantage of her. Well, well, well but anything she took advantage of him. Well, but uh, it was it's kind ridiculous. Of, it was kind of a a lose situation for her because if she doesn't go along with it, her career, as she know it, is over. Yeah, and because she went along with it, her career, as she knew it, was still over. Right. You know, the best thing she can hope for is to come with a book deal from this and keep it moving. Well, so, why am I blathering about this topic, though, all day, night, today? Well, because it's fun to talk about sex and how obsessed Americans are with it in a bad way and how they are very much pulled around by the nose and their eyes and not so, using their hearts in, on this issue. But uh -huh. I generally want people to wake up to this trend, that, and I've been harping on it for a few days now, that politics has devolved into entertainment. Well, look at who our president is. Yes, Trump is part of that. Trump rode that wave. I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, he played I mean, the, the game beautifully. I, I mean, that would be like if Vince McMahon became president of the United yes. States. That's yes. what it would, this is what it would look on, like. I did a whole show on it last week. That what happens in the psychology of professional wrestling is very much what's happening in politics. And it's not, again, it's not really it, it, about except, the policy. Except that you're not putting put people through tables but when I'm, you disagree right. with them. Unfortunately not. That's incredibly entertaining. <laughs> well, we need to wake up to what do we want out of our politics? What type of theater do we want? Do we just want to see, like, a good show? 
Like, or, oh, it's an entertaining show. Or, or do we want to see actual change? Or, or change or normalcy or whatever your goal is. Do you want to have a high-minded conversation that, yes, is based on logic and the best possible knowledge, the best argument that your side and people you identify with can muster, also based in thoughtful, profound principles and values you've worked at over the years? Or are we just going to give in to the whim of the moment, whoever can really stick it to the establishment and the man like Trump did in many ways, whoever's got a quick turn of phrase, whoever's the new hot thing with a new policy prescription? Well, well, I, I, I don't well, know. Well, you, you think about most of our presidents that have won, they've always had a slogan. Okay, you've got Trump, make America great again. Yeah. You got Barack Obama. Yes, we can. And hope and change. Hope and change. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody has that Oh, do you slogan. remember his 2012 one? What, what was that? Forward. <laughs> like, it's just reduced to one word. Like, 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 we can't go back. Forward. Forward. We must go. It, it's they're becoming more and more idiotic. Well, no, and you know what? I'm going to be honest with the audience. You said something to me after one show. You said, Joey, you got to dumb it down sometimes. Okay. I don't want to. I get tired of this idea that for anything to be popular, it has to be like brought down to a fourth grade reading level. It doesn't, and I'm not up here giving really? some. No, I'm not up here giving some like uber pretentious intellectual argument. I'm just sitting here chatting. I but, under, like I understand. I understand. I, that. I really worry that this country is is devolving into because we assume so little out of people. That's what we're going to get. Well, at, at the same time, um, I can I can go with you on that, but at the same time... And it applies that, that, to a lot of things. Yeah, but th that's just like you're, you're a college graduate and, you know, you're in the media market and stuff like yeah. that. So you have a different outlook on things that other people don't. You know, the way you speak sometimes... Sure. ...is a little higher yeah. than most people can get. Well, that's fine to some extent, but I like. But that's I don't know. I can only talk from my experience. Exactly. I enjoy listening to people that I know are smarter than I am. Yeah, but at the I enjoy listening at the, to things that I don't quite get it, but I find it interesting. But at the same time, most of your powerful people are people that can do what? That can dumb down their statements. That can spoon feed it to a room full of people, and that can make people believe. And if that's what we're, the direction we keep going in, I think we're in a lot of trouble. It is that movie, Idiocracy. Yes. And I don't think it has to be that way. Because by all measures, most people in this world are much smarter than their grandparents or great-grandparents. That most people have actually, you know, learned a lot about the world and history. They're more fluent in the language. They're more literate. They can, they can no, communicate no, more. No, You want me to tell you what? Most people now are lazy mm. because... Because it's easy? Yeah, well, because information is at is Google right there. Right, I, I can type. Yeah, that's I can enough. type anything on that screen and find out whatever I need to know. I don't have to flip through. You don't a, have to an, encycl an encyclopedia Britannica and look it up. You may have a point there that because it's so easy to look something up, we don't necessarily have to retain things. Of course not. But I think that people generally have a better sense of the world these days than say a hundred years ago. No, because people don't travel the world. People sit in front of their computers now. See, before world experience was, oh, I took a year. Yeah, I, I took a year sabbatical from college. I don't know if they did travel and, and went to Europe. Yeah, they did. Like the generation of the sixties, they're the ones well, who started going that. off to war in Europe doesn't count. Okay, not going <laughs> off to war, but you know, instead instead no. of going directly to college, you know, I took a year off and just lived like a vagabond and roamed Europe. You know. People did stuff like that back then and wrote great books about I it. Know, I just think my general point is we don't expect enough of ourselves. And playing to the so-called lowest common denominator is not only that mentality, whether in marketing or politics, whatever it is, is not only, in my mind, condescending. Like, oh, you little people who can't understand. That's ridiculous. That's the tone it gives off. I would rather, and it's what, what I personally prefer, is if I don't get something, I find it interesting, not threatening, and I want to figure it out. Yeah, but that's, that's you. Most people in America don't think like you do. 
Well, that's fine. When did that become a bad thing? Wait, is America like a place where we all have to have the same opinion and squat? What? Oh, yeah. Um, America, America's... Orange man bad. The orange man's bad. Uh. Hillary Clinton stinks. <laughs> I think people are smarter than that. Just talk to your average person. I think they are smarter than that. I really do. I think they just, you know, don't admit that they're easily led around by the nose by things like, well, they use their eyes too much. Oh, yeah. Use your heart, not your eyes, folks. Man, this, tonight is just flying by, man. It is flying by. I'll be right back after this, folks. Joey Clark. Get it. Welcome back to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. You want to join in on the conversation, 272-9228. Do you think Americans are, well, obsessed with sex? That and many other things. As politics, with politics as a form of entertainment. I mean, there's so many topics here. And also, I think we don't we don't expect enough of one another. We don't challenge each other enough. We, we think in order to be popular, you have to mollify and placate and play down to people. I, I don't know if that's the right approach. Real quick, though, one guy who will not play down to you, who will give you the best hopes and dreams, give you all sorts of options. He wants to be your buyer's agent. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Now, if you're looking to buy a home, what does it mean to have a buyer's agent? Well, it means, number one, that Eddie will look out for your best interests. Because he's been through it before. He's been through it himself before. He's helped other people. He's bought homes himself. He's also, well experience in giving a buyer plenty of options so you don't feel trapped into the highest price point in your budget or the lowest. A full range of options. You'll be looking out for homes that you might like the character of, but it really is a fixer-upper. And you don't want to get stuck with repairs as a new home buyer. So maybe that can be negotiated in the price. Things like the other prepaids, the appraisals, the other... And the neighborhoods. Yes. Eddie can look out for all this, but most importantly, with Eddie Bader, as your buyer's agent, he will take away a lot of, well, what we were talking about earlier, Brandon, those emotional things. We're not just minds. We have emotions. And with a big priced item like a home, buying a home, needs somebody who can help you traverse that emotion you might be feeling. And he can really do that. He can give you a different perspective in those stormy waters. So if you are a first-time home buyer looking to be a first-time home buyer or you're maybe you've done it before but that family's growing there's all sorts of reasons to buy a home these days give eddie bader with the goodson group a call 322-0662 again his number 322-0662 visit thegoodsongroup.com or again give eddie a call 322-0662 he wants to be your buyer's agent that's the goodson group yes now let's go to the phones and talk to john hey john how you doing hey joey how are you i'm fantastic hey i was uh just wanted to say i don't i don't think you should dumb it down a little um since i started listening to your show i feel like i've learned a lot more and if you dumb it down then that's not going to want to make people understand or want to go and find out and try to understand what you're talking about. I think you should get more time on air as well. I love I, I've already fell in love with your segment since you started doing this in the evening. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, John. I, I really do. And Oh, uh, yeah. I, I do. I wish you had more time because you and, and you talk about and the way you talk about, you know, it's not always the, 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 what's happening everywhere else. You talk about what we're doing here. Right. And I, I really do enjoy those. Well, I I really appreciate it, and I'm I mean I'm working on more time myself, and maybe that day come will come sooner than later. And I you know I don't do a show thinking I'm going to be highbrow tonight or I'm going to be lowbrow. I'm more just do the show I feel like doing that evening, 
and uh-huh. see, you know, I'm not walking around, but see where my feet take me, so to speak. And right, uh, you're doing you're doing what I could, what I've always dreamed of doing. Really? Yeah, I've I've always wanted to be. I, I you know, I mean, I never educated myself far enough to do it, but I've always wanted to just have one of those shows where I could come on and you know talk about the you know the real things in life and sure. talk about you know just like stuff that people are dealing with day to day that I deal with. Absolutely, oh, okay. whether it's you know family issues or addiction or you know faith and and belief or practical knowledge and wisdom and i mean dating and relationships are certainly an issue in my life <laughs> yeah it's I, I see your point john yeah i did love your addiction show because there's so many people out there that can yeah. relate to that yeah i did i did i tuned in on that i think it was a week or two ago yes sir it was i did i tuned in on that man you had a lot of great points it's, it's and uh i think you I thank you for having me on, and I wish the show well, man. And thank you, thank you, John. Thanks thank for the you. call, man. Great words. That's that makes my night. Yeah, that's really does. That, that's a great sentiment. But like I said, the the difference is is that you have a lot of people who, like, that's just like twelve years ago. You know, people read books. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Still read, man. No, no, no you have audio books. Yeah, you have you have Morgan thing. you have people like Morgan Freeman that I read will, to you. You know what I do, Brandon? I will listen that? to an audiobook and read it at the same time. That way I get that smooth, velvety voice of a Morgan Freeman <laughs> and I get to read it. Or sometimes the audiobook's too slow, because I can read quickly. Uh, yeah, that's true. But you know, I I think for all the idea of yes, people are lazy. Your point you made earlier is fantastic, in that technology is allowed to where we don't have to retain knowledge in the same way we did before. But it's also made the average Joe or whatever, even if somebody's not that quick, say eighty something IQ, they can look something up. Yeah, it makes the person who maybe isn't as gifted or as blessed able to command information like never before in human history. And so, if you do say something that's a little crazy or a little highbrow, people can look it up. Well, if, well if, but but you but you look at the time of people like you know Mark Twain, James Baldwin, like those guys. They were beyond well read. Like oh, they, I agree. they literally just read all the time. And when they had public speaking yeah. events, was the only time they really weren't yeah. out reading or anything like that. Which is why a lot of their speeches, they're true men of letters. Yes. Oh yeah, those a lot of their stuff sounded so much better. Oh, because I know. They I agree. were so well read. There's a part of me that have you ever seen? It's a documentary on Netflix. If it's not up there right now, find it anyway, folks. Uh, called Best of Enemies. Hmm. It's fantastic. It is about the rivalry, the lifelong rivalry between Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley Jr. And it is so good. If you've not seen it, man. No, I haven't. Because what you're saying, it'll be right in your wheelhouse. In the sense that you kind of long for these like these eloquent speaking styles and manners of debate. And that's exactly what both those guys are able to give, along with a little bit of the the fun partisan vinegar, like the the fun like piss and vinegar of like really, you know, needling somebody and taking like they would go at it. They did not like each other, but they're also incredibly well educated, very well informed on their point of view and the others. And so when they would fight and have these arguments, whether in person, which they did a few in-person debates at, like, the conventions, the Democratic National Convention, I believe, in 68. Okay. That was the one where, you know, Mayor Daley is actually, the police are beating protesters outside. It's not a good look. And they're debating as this throng of humanity is, you know, in this violent event. And then in print, they're going after one another. It's just brilliant. And sometimes people wonder wonder what and the reason that documentary is made not just an homage to those two guys mm-hmm. but there is this question of what's happened to our discourse and it's constantly a question in the press donald trump's coarsened it what's happened to like mark twain and james baldwin and uh, a guy at the height of his profession uh, in the 20s h.l minkin that i quote so often what's happened to these men and women of letters that are brilliant 
intellectuals. Well, well, uh, they're you, still out there. Yeah, some, but that's just like um, our caller John was saying uh, that he wish he would would do a show like this, but he was the first thing he mentioned was education. Right. But our, he can do it now. Yeah, he can. But but the thing is, education. Our education system has declined. I think it's the, yes. The education system has failed. But 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 yet but yet don't let school get in the way of a good education. Exactly. But but yet, like they had less technology back then. Yeah. But people were smarter. But in now, a way. but but today we have more technology. We're able to look up more and find stuff faster. But the average I don't intelligence know if we're actually. I think we're actually, if you look at IQ store scores, smarter. On average, but here's what I think is happening. It's not a matter of intelligence. It might be a matter of practical know-how, because well, well, things well, are like, so automated and easy. People don't know how to do your basic well, everyday well, things. Well, the, the, the thing is, like any muscle, the brain. Yes. If 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 you don't use it, you lose it. I see, but I don't think we're less intelligent. I think what's happening is, in fact, we are more bombarded by information. There's too much information to sift through on a given day. And there are so many perspectives out there that it is, it's clamorous. It's very confusing. Very confusing. It's perplexing. Like, think about, I don't know, there was an argument back when the uh, printing press is created. Okay. And the idea was the Bible would be printed in native tongues. Native languages. Okay. And, of course, the people who, you know, had kept the Bible in Latin, so to speak, were like, we can't do this. And they'll start interpreting things for themselves. It'll create all sorts of havoc and upheaval. All the, the institutions and basic things we take for granted in society will be under threat. If the people can actually read the Bible for themselves, and you know what? That's exactly what happened. The institutions were upset. And there was a lot of upheaval and confusion and violence. Terrible violence. There were some good things that came out of, in many ways, even though I've been raised Catholic for my whole life, I think the Protestant Revolution and Reformation was needed and important. But there are a lot of kooks that also read the Bible in their own native tongue and came up with some crazy stuff. And that's just one book with something as simple as the printing press. Now, it's a very important book with many stories and books within. But that's one book. Okay. Imagine something that is exponentially more impactful than a printing press. Or it's not just a Bible's being printed in native tongues. And, well, what's funny is, you know, pornography was even a worry back then, especially with mass printing. But the Internet is leaps and bounds ahead of a, what a printing press could ever do. Of course, but... And it, I think it's leading to the same way that the printing press led to confusion in culture and society hundreds of years ago. It is now going to continue to lead to all sorts of immense confusion and resentment, all the things that come along with that, because I think it's too much information. It's the Tower of Babel, so to speak. We're confused. To, 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 to an extent, because you have so many... Like the random person's idea can be put out there as fact. Yes. And that's that's the misconception that everything you read on the internet is facts. And it's not. It's not. Well, and I think a lot of people claim they want the truth. No, that they want is they want their ego stroked. To an extent. Oh, I'm just and I'm not I'm, I do it all the time. I get upset when somebody challenges me. No, I try to hopefully be in a good mood when I get challenged. I try to, you know, say, Oh, well, Okay, maybe they're right about this or that. There's some things that'll set me off. But I, generally, I like being challenged. But that, that, that's not everybody's view, though. I think people should be challenged, though. But most people think that, hey, I'm right. Everybody should believe this. If you don't, you're stupid. And that should be our strength, though. That you think you're right. I think I'm right. I'm just, we're the only people in this room. Of course. But... You know, you think you're right, I think I'm right. And what we're going to do is not try to be underhanded. And this is what I started off the show with. We're obsessed with sex and all the other different trappings. The non-conscious motivators that people in marketing and politics use to manipulate. Yeah, yeah, but... but Instead, what we should be going for is, on a given issue, you think you're right, I think I'm right. We should be responsible 
And either, whether it's you or I, or somebody better than us at marshalling the argument, we want the best possible form of the argument that we believe in. We want to put it on a public national stage, and we want those people in good faith to have it out. Yeah, but but do you remember when, do you remember a time in America when intelligence was something to be held and not belittle people? Because now nowadays people just feel like, oh, if I didn't go to college... It's a lot of very rich and successful people who never even went to high school. Yeah. No, who, who only have an eighth grade education. No, I, I think their education and intelligence shouldn't be a sign of status or privilege. Ooh, come on now. Uh-uh, let's, no, it should not be. It should it be. So but so often it, but is. Exactly. Oh, oh to I say, care to more say that about, you, I don't care how many degrees you have hanging on your wall. What did you do with them? I don't care how many books you have on your shelf. How many did you actually read? That's true. They're not just a decorative item. That that that's true. But I mean, that's just the what same did thing you do of saying. With those books? I went to a Montgomery Public School and I went to a Magnus School. Right. They're they're looked at differently. And you might have more opportunity at that Magnus. In fact, in many ways, you do. It depends on the public school. Exactly. Um, but in the in, at the end of the day, you have to be able to look and see. Okay. If the education system, if the school system, the public, the not even public, the government-run school system is failing people, then we have to find an alternative. And I'm not even saying completely overhaul the public school system. But if I'm a parent and I can't afford to send my kid to a private school, I'm going to do whatever I can by hook or by crook to figure out a way to make sure my kids are reading and learning things. Well, I think I think the problem became like, towards the 60s, 70s generations, teachers became less valued. Because you have to think, back then, educators got paid a fair wage. It wasn't, they weren't, like, making in millions, but, I mean, it was a fair wage. You know, children respected their teachers. Let me just say that again. That's a big... Children respected their teachers. Yeah. You weren't just a glorified babysitter. And I think that's what's changed in the education system. Yeah. No, I think that's part. Yeah, the culture's changed. Uh, there isn't as much respect for, say, an authority figure like a teacher. Um, on the pay thing, I actually would want more uh, disparity in pay. If you're a really, really good teacher, you get paid more. But uh, okay, if but if you're a really bad teacher, we might pay you a little less, or you uh, might fire your ass. Oh, uh, okay. But see, this is my thing. You know what kind of culture that creates? Competitive. Hey, Jimmy. Hmm. No, you want to put C for that one. <laughs> you know, well, if a teacher is Johnny, cheating, they should go to jail. Johnny, Johnny you want to put B. No, if for a that teacher one. is helping to cheat in order to get paid more, they should probably go to not even go to jail, but they should be fined a great deal. It should be. You think it doesn't happen with these standard? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, hold on, hold on, hold on. let me put on, up. Let, let me put stories. up the quotations. These standardized tests. I'm, so this that will. You're you're talking yeah. cross purposes because if it already happens, it already happens. Yeah. And if there's a competitive environment, the idea is to win based on the merits, not by cheating the system. Have you been watching politics? Well, this is the issue. This is the thing that I'm calling out. It's a crappy form of entertainment with all too real consequences that plays on people's emotions instead of giving the people the best possible argument, the most broad and intelligent argument about their futures. Instead, we're trying to score points and win and look for the latest flavor of the month, whether it's Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or Kristen Cinema. Or now Donald Trump, who is incredibly entertaining. When Donald Trump was up there on that stage and said, only Rosie O'Donnell, I was laughing. I fell out of my chair. But but see, the thing... Like, the, he did so many the, things, he's genuinely funny. Well, wait a minute, but this is the thing that makes me angry. Like, they'll let him say something like that, or be where he wants, or do what he wants. Barack Obama did a photo shoot for Time Magazine... And they, like, vilified him. Yes. Oh, well, you're supposed to be the president. Oh, you're supposed to be here. Why are you here That's, doing interviews with Time Magazine? I have a word magazine? for that, sir. What is that? Partisanship. Oh, that is BS. It's called being partisan. He, Trump's my guy, so I like my guy. 
Obama's not my guy, so I'm going to find every chance to rag on him. In the same way, Morning Joe and, like, the Democrats, they find every chance God, to rag on Trump, they rag on him. You know what? I miss George Carlin. And then they point out that you're being a hypocrite. Well, when they, they were being a hypocrite yesterday. Hypocrisy is a virtue in this damn political game we're playing these days. Come and I'm saying we can be better. We can have better. We, we can aspire to be better. Yes. I'll, I'll give we you that. We could be better. And the first thing it starts off with, it's like what happened over the weekend. And I mentioned it last night. Do, do, yeah, there's it, a lot it, of blonde. It, is it me or do they look like triplets? <laughs> I swear to God. I think I'm watching an episode of, Bra of the Brady Bunch. Well, and then Nancy Pelosi's just freaky. <laughs> freaky looking. I'm, I'm, I'm you know me. she better be powerful and, and really freaking intelligent when it comes to playing the political games. If you know Nancy Pelosi has trouble speaking these days, Nancy Pelosi has this weird twitch going on. And the fact that she will probably be speaker once again I means she's got she knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> she's got something on somebody to twist no, their arms no, to vote no, for her again. Now you know what's probably going to come out later. She probably has early. Signs of either Alzheimer's or dementia, something like that, and which is sad. I don't want that for anybody. Yeah, but but rather than that's just like uh, with Roosevelt, rather than admit weakness, no, we're going to push through this. We're going to hide these diseases, and when I just get no. this saying crazy stuff, hey, we'll just roll with something it. Something I'm learning by reading history is that it always seems like this is the craziest time ever. This is the most confusing time ever. Until next things year. Until are, next right. year comes. And, and things are always going downhill. And when really things are generally getting better and better and better. And if you just turn off things like the radio, things like cable news, well, what you find is that most people in America aren't at each other's throats. Most people in America are enjoying their life, even if it's not the best it could be, and they generally care for one another. But, you know, do you realize that talk radio back in the... 30s and 40s were was your only form of entertainment. Right. And you got Orson Welles and all sorts of stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Man. And what a like, show. I know. It's like the time just flew by. I just think we could be better, Brent. We can aspire to be better. better yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can hope to hope. Just dream keep holding on. The impossible dream. I'm about to say, dude. Wait, dude. you know that one real quick? What is it? Impossible dream. Yeah, let's just get it on there. Dream of the impossible dream. Don Quixote. Let's be more quick, quixotic. Oh, get to the song already. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Dream the impossible dream. Have a good one, everybody. To reach the unreachable star. How far